We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Start for the win. It's good. Jeffsky takes flight as SGA plays through the contact, banks it in on the foul. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast preseason post-game edition, where the Oklahoma City Thunder fall in Tulsa. 107 to 113 in the preseason finale to the Denver Nuggets. I am your host for tonight, Justin. Before we dive in, I want to let you know that we are proudly part of Blue Wire Podcast and the official podcast of SI Thunder. And tonight, I am joined by none other than our guy, Taylor. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Um, as soon as I saw that start, I mean, we'll, we'll dive into this, but as soon as I saw that starting lineup, <laughs> I knew it was going to be a fun night. Uh, and it did not disappoint. Yes. Did not disappoint. Happy to be here with you, Justin. Good. So pre- <laughs> preseason finale, uh, a back-to-back, a rare preseason back-to-back. Thunder beat the Nuggets in Oklahoma City last night. Everybody moseyed on up to Tulsa and played again tonight. However, like you alluded to, <laughs> lots of players not playing for the Thunder, most notably Darius Baisley. Lugans Dort, Derek Favors, and Shea Gilgis Alexander, all DMPs tonight, which meant the Thunder Youth was on full display. Okay, but hold on. Can we talk about the Justin curse? Because this is becoming kind of a thing. Um, <laughs> it's however, definitely becoming a thing. At least thing. this game was like actually close, right? I agree. I agree. <laughs> this is your know. first close game in like two seasons? It feels that way. Um, it very it, much feels that way. I need to go like- back and track it. It seems like any game that I cover <laughs> is 20 to 40 point losses. <laughs> like two se- two seasons ago, like we were kind of like, okay, Justin doesn't need to cover any more yeah. games. Um, last season, we were like trying to get you to cover more games. We're okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It makes for some Tonight was a fun one. Makes for some interesting post-game podcasting, trying to figure out what to say in a 40 point <laughs> loss. However... We don't have that problem tonight. Thank we had goodness. a lot of fun. It was a fun preseason game. It everybody, was. Everybody knows my stance on preseason games. Uh, if you listen to Sunday's pod, that preseason games are meaningless and you can't take any big takeaways from it. However, 
tonight was fun from a purely entertainment factor. This was a fun game overtime in preseason, which <laughs> I wasn't even sure was allowed. Uh, we uh, Oklahoma City and Denver went to overtime after being tied at uh, 102, I believe. And then Denver ultimately pulls it out in OT. But a I'm really just, fun game for pretty much the whole time. I'm just upset for o- overtime in a preseason game. When you have Bull Bull and Poku on opposing teams, yes, let them play one on one to decide overtime. <laughs> what are yes. we doing here? <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree. Um, Poku and Bull Bull should just have matched minutes the yes. entire time. So true. so much, so but much, so many appendages. After all these potential matchups that we've had during the regular season with like blowouts and um, you know summer league games we finally got a bobo poku matchup um we did see now to your point justin they did not match minutes unfortunately we did get to see them uh guard each other yeah uh, they did for for consecutive possessions which is pretty fun just uh two you know quote-unquote unicorns yes and uh it it was pretty fun to watch so let's let's start there with poku poku has had an obviously rough preseason the first three games from poku have been very raw. He did not look like the flashy, high-confidence playmaking Pokushevsky that we saw late last season. He looked a lot more like the raw, timid, um, unpolished Poku that we saw at the very beginning of last season. About this time of last... I mean, not the same exact time, because it was delayed, but preseason of last season. About a year ago, yep. Absolutely. Uh, But tonight, not so much. A team high, or not a team high, but a very high, 38 minutes for Poku tonight, 22 points on 9 of 16 shooting, 5 boards, or sorry, 8 boards, 5 defensive boards, boards, (laughs) 3 assists, and 1 steal. But aside from all that, my man was making highlight plays again, and that is oh all I needed gosh. in my life. <laughs> I mean, I think the first one, the, the the first one that comes to my mind, I'm curious the first one that comes to your mind, Justin. It might be the same play. <laughs> but the behind, he he's he drives on, I guess what would be the right wing. Yes. He drives to the basket before he gets too far, behind the back pass to a JRE in the corner, yes. who immediately gets the ball back to a cutting yes. Poku at the basket. Poku under the basket scoops and scores just beautiful, beautiful. absolutely beautiful. Uh, <laughs> and not only behind the back pass to JRE, but he dribbled behind the back first. He was cutting to the right, <laughs> dribbled behind the back, then threw it behind his back to JRE. Just absolutely ridiculous stuff from the Poku, Poku experience. <laughs> and then we also, in like I think it was the fourth quarter before overtime, um, he's trying to kick out to an open shooter in the corner. I can't even remember who it was overshoots that player, yeah. um, no pun intended, overpasses <laughs> that player by about 10 feet, and the ball goes flying into the stands. And Way so uh, stands. I think the the um, me, or no, it was a gif that you tweeted on the account, Justin, of SpongeBob and Patrick on yes. the uh, roller coaster. The roller coaster. <laughs> That's the Poku experience. That is accurate. Uh, thankfully tonight, more ups than downs for Poku. He had a number, his shot looked really nice. Everybody's Three-point percentage took a hit in overtime. <laughs> I think the Thunder missed like seven straight in overtime or something like that. Um, tired legs. Tired legs on the back-to-back. Like I said, Poku, 38 minutes. I think it caught up to him a little bit. Four of nine from three tonight, but I, he was like four of five before that or four of six, something something more respectable. Um, looked like he found a shot. He looked more comfortable. 
That was my yes. main takeaway is like the first three preseason games. It did. It looked like timid Poku, not really in rhythm, just like uncomfortable. And this looked back to like, okay, Poku belongs out there. He looks like he is, you know, kind of playing his own game. It's slowing down a little bit. Um, one game, one preseason game. I'm not trying to make big judgments off of that, but it was an encouraging sign to see at least one good preseason game out of Poku after the first three. You're spot on there, Justin. Um, and I'm, I'm going to be completely honest with you here. For a player that we thought potentially, if he was not in the starting lineup, could be like in the like closing dream yeah. lineup that we had yeah. in mind. Yeah, if you go, right. if, if our listeners go and listen back to, um, you know, two or three podcasts ago, we're trying to predict all that. Um, and in a preseason game where you have Shea, Lou, Baisley, um, Favors all sitting, like you mentioned, yep. Poku's still not starting. Um, again, we can throw all the preseason disclaimers out there that we want. Yep. But you would think this would be a perfect game, especially when Denver's yeah. doing essentially the same thing with their starters. You would think this would be a great game to have Poku starting in the starting five. And the fact that um, Dignall did not have him there, I'm wondering, I, I'm, preseason or not, that was concerning yeah. to me. So it's I think this is very important for Poku to come out and have the game that he did. Um, yep. Like you mentioned, you know, you gave his stat line, but you also look at his minutes. Yep. He's playing quite a bit more minutes than many of the starting five. Um, granted, second most minutes on the team behind only Aaron Wiggins, Aaron, it, which we also should get into. Yes, we um, will. Oh, I, I like <laughs> him a lot, but um, I guess you, we do have to mention that Trey Mann did not come back in after the first half with a yes. sore elbow. Is that what it was? Uh, I can't remember. Or a heel. A heel. A hill. That's sore yeah, heel. Yep. Yep. And then um somebody else. Roby. Roby had a sore knee. Thank so you. we had that the, was a the, knee. <laughs> like you alluded to, the starters tonight were Trey Mann, Teo Maladone, Mike Muscala, Aaron Wiggins, and Josh Giddy. Trey Mann did not play at all in the second half with right heel soreness. Isaiah Roby, five minutes tonight, did not play at all in the second half with right knee soreness. Hopefully, nothing serious. I mean, it doesn't necessarily sound serious probably more right. precautionary than anything um but that definitely both of them you, played a lot of minutes yesterday both of them played a lot of minutes so that definitely kind of led to some of those minutes distributions all in all encouraging game from uh poku tonight probably the second most encouraging game behind one joshua giddy Oh my gosh um, giddy <laughs> continues to impress he's yes. just so much fun to watch so much fun. And like you can watch the NBL highlights, but it's a highlight reel and it's hard to take away. I, I'm going to be honest. I didn't watch any full NBL games. I don't know how, how many you. you did, <laughs> but <laughs> when you watch a highlight reel, it's like, yeah, those are all great plays, but what's it like to really watch them in a game? And that what we've gotten to see in four preseason games is the frequency with which Josh Giddy makes plays. And that was on display tonight in full force 28 minutes for giddy 13 points nine boards eight assists and of those eight assists a large proportion of those were highlight worthy plays with ridiculous vision and ridiculous passes and easily could have been double digit assists if <laughs> if, if there were some more that could knock down shots <laughs> right. exactly Yes. I think we're going to be saying that a lot this season, Justin. <laughs> and to your point, you know, you were talking about the NBL. Not only that, but then how does his his play in the NBL, the highlights that we've seen, the scouting that we've done, how does that play transition to the NBA? Right. 
And mm-hmm. um, one thing that I love about Giddy is he's so transparent. He's willing to share those experiences and um, and some of his interviews that he's had. He's talked about trying to adjust to the length, the athleticism, yep. um, and the speed of the NBA game. Yep. I like well, too. He Justin, was after four pre sorry after no you're after good four preseason games. He's adjusting pretty well to your point. Very well. Um, Nick, uh, our own Nick Crane had a tweet tonight Gross. where. He he summed up uh, Josh Giddy's numbers in the preseason: thirteen and a half points, seven boards, five assists, fifty-two point three percent field goal shooting, and forty percent three-point shooting. Uh, is it Lashy, Lashy, Lashy Everett? Uh, he's an NBL reporter on Twitter. Um, he's obviously followed Giddy very closely. He quote tweeted it and said, "Besides the assists, this is an increase in every category." from his NBL season. Wow. Small sample size and right. preseason, right. lots of asterisks, but still to your point, that game is translating very nicely to the NBA and level. Quickly, much more quickly than I think that I expected. Very um, much. Justin, you were on the, the bets podcast last Sunday, me, you and, <laughs> and Jacob. Yes. My giddy has four more triple doubles this yeah. year is looking pretty solid. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, injury forbidding, knock on wood. Yeah. But right. To your point, just sign. <laughs> I think the biggest thing to me is um, the fact that he's able to use that size and strength yeah. to his advantage at the NBA level. Um, and I, I just keep going back to last night's game, right? Where the Nuggets did play Jokic for right. a very large period of the game. Yep. <laughs> they did play the majority of their, their starters or um, reserves for a large period of the game and getting still able to do that at a high level. It's just, it, it's very exciting. Um it definitely think, gives me something to look forward to as we head into regular season to see, okay, now that everybody's locked in, playing full speed, full lineups, all that, how does it how does it look then? How is there right. a drop off? Does it continue to progress? Does it continue to look steady? If it continues like it has in preseason, Josh, we're Giddey, talking about one of the best rookies uh, of this class. Yeah, but not only that, Justin, I keep thinking like to the overall theme. Um, or one of the biggest things I think, or themes, sorry, uh, for this Thunder team this season, like not shade versus Giddy. I don't mean to put them against sure. one another, but it, you know, I kept thinking about Giddy coming in and being like this large playmaking wing. Hmm. He very much has made it clear that he's just a jumbo point guard. And right. so, how are him and Shea able to play off one another? They're going to be able to. They're both very talented. I have no doubts about that. They both want to exceed, they both want to play off of each other. Yep but how's that chemistry work on the court? And I'm just very curious to, yeah. to your point, that's going to be happening a lot more now once we're getting into the, these regular season lineups where they, I mean, the Thunder are going to be playing their best players on the, uh, for extended periods. And that's going to consist of Josh Giddy and Shea. Yeah, it will be fascinating. It'll be fascinating to see what the rotations look like. How often are they out there together? How often do they stagger? How much does Josh Giddy kind of get to lead the second unit? Um, how do they, how do they kind of use that breakdown? I think will be, will be very fascinating to watch, but regardless, I mean, just coming out of this preseason without having summer league, um, couldn't ask for more from Josh Giddy. I'm still pissed Absolutely. that I didn't get to watch oh him live my gosh, in Vegas. Justin, I didn't even think about that. Other than five <laughs> minutes. Um, but this, you know, what we've seen from him has has lived up to the expectations that I think Thunder fans had. When you take a guy like that at number six, I think he's he's delivered. I don't know. I I haven't seen anybody who is as um, what's the right word depressed 
<laughs> as most Thunder fans were on draft night. Like, we I don't know. Draft, draft he doesn't night look like stream, Scotty Barnes out there. And it was a sad boy festival <laughs> in our comments. Um, I think that, that has mostly gone away. Uh, once again, Sam Presti proves that he knows more than the average Twitter user. Shocking. Who would have um, thunk it? Us included. <laughs> but um, I think, that, yes, very, very exciting things from Josh Giddy. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, the next guy I want to talk about, who we alluded to a moment ago, a another second round steal for Sam Presti, Aaron Wiggins, another two way player, like a very, mm-hmm. it was very, it's very interesting how similar it is to the Lou Dort path, I guess, of Lou's rookie season, yeah. and then to hear the only reason I bring that up is like Lou talking about going out of his way to talk about bringing Aaron Wiggins in under his wing, yes. and kind of respecting that, you know, like just being excited about that. I see, I don't want to say it's Lou Dort-esque, but I do see a lot of two-way potential with Aaron Wiggins, Justin. They're just a very sound player on both ends of the floor. Obviously already has the fundamentals. Um, I just see a lot of his, a lot of uh, things that you can take from his game that I think will translate to a normal NBA or a regular NBA season. Really good defensive instincts. He had two big defensive plays down the stretch tonight, a block. That block was awesome against the backboard shut down the uh, Nuggets inbounds pass at the very end of regulation. 41 minutes tonight for Wiggins. Eight points. uh, Only three of ten shooting, but he did add two rebounds, two assists, two steals, and two blocks to round it all out. We actually got a Twitter question tonight, and I'm curious your take on it. Uh, This comes from at GoGetWins. I like it. Yeah, right. Uh, Wiggins defense has been impressive. Can he become a younger and hopefully better version of Kenny Hustle? That's actually a very good comparison for him, um, just based off body measurements and kind of the role that I think both of them will play. The only difference I see there is I think of Kenny as being one of those guys who's just diving on the floor for every loose ball, going 110%. 
every single time, uh, or sorry, every single moment he's on the court yep. where Aaron Wiggins, I almost said Anthony Wiggins, which is weird. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> at least I didn't say, um, Andrew Wiggins, right. Um, <laughs> where, uh, the thunders, a Wiggins is much more methodical. I think in that, like, like you mentioned, Justin yeah. just has very sound, um, defense, defensive fundamentals, um, has good instincts for, um, you know, going for blocks and, and timing, but also just on ball defense, right. Yep. Um, using his length and his strength to his advantage. And then we've seen it on the offensive end throughout summer league and here, um, throughout in limited time, um, in the yep. preseason, he can shoot the ball and he can drive to the rim and create some offense where Kenny can do that as well, but he's just more, I don't know. Um, it's not the, it's not, the it's same. not the same. Yep. Right. Right. However, I think the roles that, each, you know, Kenny and um, Aaron Wiggins both can play on a team are very similar. It's just, yep. and maybe slightly different ways. Is that fair? Yep. Yeah, I think so. I think what what the similarities are, I it seems like they're both pretty fun, fundamentally sound. They're going to do the dirty work to make positive plays in a game, whether that's you know b- being the first guy on the floor like Kenny Hustle, or that that's being you know really sound defensively and making a uh, play saving block or fronting the inbounds pass and shutting down the nuggets chance at the end of the game. I think those are the moments where it's like, this guy's making a positive impact on the game through his defense. That's not presence. going to show up on the box score, but with exactly yeah, with his presence. Good point. Exactly. There there's no, there's no stat that measures what he did on that final play, but it, it is the reason it went to overtime for the most part. Um, and so I think, looking at him and where he was drafted, it already seems like a great find. If he can continue to develop and find a role on this team, it feels like there's an opportunity there. It's the hard part with a guy like Aaron Wiggins at this point in where the thunder are at is they're just still a ways away from contention. And so what does a role for Aaron Wiggins look like? in two to three to four to five years when the thunder are back in the title hunt is he a guy that has a place there or is he a you know a fun piece to have and explore and develop and then you send him somewhere else um because you kind of know what he is i think that'll that'll be interesting to watch like how much more does he have how much more can he develop while he's in Oklahoma City? What other skill sets can he bring to this team? And can he carve himself a role on this team moving forward? I think that's key um, because we keep talking about this, Justin, um, throughout all, all of our previous pro- podcasts over the past um, really month, where you're like kind of diving into the season. We keep talking about playing time, right? And like, for example, Ty Jerome, um, mm-hmm. I don't think this is going to be a regularity moving into the season, but like <laughs> the, um, the previous game last night, he was one of those players who didn't play. Yep. Roby, two preseason games ago, was kind of got the odd man out who yep. got the rest night. We're going to see that kind of rotate with some of these players. And unfortunately, due to um, Aaron Wiggins' position, I think he's going to fall into that role as well. For sure. So, and to this, uh, I can't remember who asked this, so I apologize. But to the question that we received, um, they mentioned, you know, the comparison to Kenrich Williams. Well, Kenrich hasn't been playing this preseason. He's right. nursing a... A, a toe injury when he comes back. I mean, that's less minutes for a guy like yep. Aaron Wiggins. So how does Dignall manage all of that? Yep. Um, if, if Aaron Wiggins emerges, does that make a player like Kendrick Williams more, um, you know, more marketable? Yeah, I don't know. Sure. It, it'll be interesting to, to follow. 
it's going to be very interesting to see how they balance playing the young, young, young guys versus the slightly less young guys. There's no really old right, players yeah. on this team. I mean, so it's I like, think Ty Jerome and, yeah. and um, Trey Mann is like the perfect example there, to your yeah, point. for sure. So it'll be interesting to see how they balance those minutes um, throughout the season. I do, I do want to touch on Ty Jerome because I feel like Jacob would get pissed <laughs> if we didn't. And Ty looked, he looked good. <laughs> he did look great. Ty Jerome tonight, 28 minutes, 16 points. Two of eight from three, but those two threes were pretty pretty hefty. Letting them fly, baby. <laughs> Five almost, of 14 from the field. Almost out to that uh, BOK logo. Empty on the clip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did BOK. Yeah, he was shooting shots from uh, back in OKC all the way to uh, right. the BOK Center in Tulsa. Uh, also seven assists. So like like Jacob likes to always point out, Ty Jerome's got some sauce. He had some nice some nice plays. Some nice finds on the court. He continues to be a, a really solid piece off the bench for the Thunder. And I think I I have no reason to not expect that moving forward as we head into the regular season as either a counterpart to Teo Maladon or a foil to Teo Maladon, however right. he gets used. I think that contrast of styles, that contrast of skill sets, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how Dagnot uses it for the Thunder this season. I agree completely. Um, and again, like I just keep thinking about, you know, Trey Mann showing flashes um, last night and then into tonight's uh, first half. You know, are there games where we see like last night where, t- you know, Ty Jerome is the odd man out? Maybe Taylor's yeah. odd man out. Maybe, uh, you know, they're, they're going through the different guards, like one of those guards sits, but midway through the season does he decide to go with Ty Jerome over a trade man and uh to to Jacob's bet on our last week's podcast um the bet podcast um just does a player like Trey man play the majority of his minutes in the G League because yeah. of a Ty Jerome like I, I you're spot on it, it's going to be interesting to see how Daydon manages all of this uh player development yep Trey Mann tonight, like we mentioned, did not play in the second half. He still seems to be struggling a little bit with the NBA speed and length yep. and athleticism. He's got some shifty moves. He finds his way into good spots, but he, he has, has more a hard strength time. and athleticism, I think, than I realized. But yeah. even then, he's like, to your point, struggling to utilize that. Struggling to finish. One of five from the field tonight. He had one where he had a really nice move to get in the lane and just got absolutely swatted. <laughs> Uh, like had no chance. And I think that's just, that's adjusting to the NBA lifestyle. These everybody's fast. Everybody's enormous. Everybody can jump. And that's not the case in college. And I think he, he's still, he's still finding his, his rhythm and his way around that a little bit. I think he's got physical tools. He's got, like I said, the shiftiness is really intriguing to me. It's going to continue to be a process though. Like you said, probably involves a lot of G league time with the blue, but I think it would be valuable for him. I think as he adjusts True. to that speed, we'll get to see him use his skills and his strengths more effectively throughout the season. I think about Lou Dort spending that time with the blue yep. um, two seasons ago now, uh, the, yep. the season prior to the COVID season uh, and the wonders that did for him. Um, and I even and Poku think about last Poku, year, right? Right. Yep. Poku in the, in the G league bubble. Great point. Yep, absolutely. So I, I think we've talked about this before, but you know, playing for the blue is not a knock on a guy. It's a crucial part of the Thunder's development. They're running the same type of systems. They're going to be learning the same fundamentals. They're just getting to put it to use 
more effectively than if they're playing, you know, four to five minutes in an NBA game. They can go out, run a unit. They can get some significant burn playing for the blue. And gain some confidence. Absolutely. And that brings me to one other thing I wanted to hit on tonight's game. And that's the, the offensive system is just on full display with this team on a night where you don't have Shea or Dort or Baisley, the guys that would maybe be considered um, the ones that would be the carriers of the torch in terms of how this team plays offensively. There was no step lost in how this team played. There is a singular (laughs) identity top to bottom. And it's frankly very refreshing as a Thunder fan to see a team that plays so freely and with so much ball movement no matter who's on the floor, that ball is swinging around. That ball is flying to the open man and creating open shots. And okay, no reason to send some straight shots towards Russell Westbrook, Justin. We get it. Nobody said that. <laughs> Nobody said that. <laughs> I am kidding. I am kidding, and I am with you one hundred and ten percent. It's just night and day, though. Like absolutely, it's and- so apparent. It uh, and it doesn't matter who's on the floor. The ball. Somebody drives in. Defense collapses. The ball kicks out. As guys close, swings around the perimeter, wide open shot in the corner. And it's like, what a novel freaking concept. I even like find myself like, shoot the ball, shoot it, you're open. Yeah, you right. know, like it, 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 you know, three passes and you have an open shooter, but then you see them make the extra pass to the to the, yes. the fourth or fifth player in the corner who's wide open. And it's just beautiful basketball. Um, something that Dignall's communicated ever since yep. he's been there. I saw a quote, uh, I think it was yesterday, something that he mentioned, you know, ever since he's been there talking about these players who can just, you know, rip off these rebounds and then take the ball and and start to facilitate. Um, He's all about pushing the ball in transition and creating Mm -hmm. ball movement. And um, that was absolutely on full display tonight. I think maybe it stood out more so because Mm -hmm. like you mentioned, Justin, all these key players for the Thunder, quote unquote, resting tonight. um, And it's back to back of a preseason game. That same style of play was prevalent with these other players, right? That, yeah. that aren't not all of them were starters. And I think that, uh, it's just really impressive and kind of shows the direction that Presti and the franchise are moving towards that. We keep talking about that versatile, um, those versatile players who can do a little bit of all of that shoot from outside. Yeah. Um, gosh, and, I mean, Poku, and- Poku and Giddy, there was, a, what, what was that play where, um, Poku got gosh. deck to, uh, Poku to Giddy or to Giddy, to yes, Giddy down to low, and then yes, and Giddy got the, the shot. Oh man, so good! <laughs> I look forward to more of that this season. No kidding. But to your to your point about out, uh, outside shooting. Now, granted, disclaimer: both teams were chucking from outside uh, for <laughs> for a good portion of the game. Has some I tired legs. If, I wondered if the rims at BOK Center were regulation. Um, <laughs> Oklahoma City shoots forty seven threes tonight out of 96 yes. total shots. So almost half of their shots came from behind the arc, which is just kind of unfathomable. They um, only hit 15 of them, but they only hit 15 of them. <laughs> now, granted, I think like, like I said, a good chunk of those came in overtime. Well, um, so it's fair, but Denver shot 48. So one more three than yeah. the Thunder did. And hit 21 of them shot 43.8% yeah. from three, which is wild. Uh, a lot of that was due to some name, some dude named Howard that I don't know who he <laughs> Marcus is. Marcus Howard. Yeah. Marcus Howard. Killing it. <laughs> he was killing it tonight. A, a preseason hero. Um, <laughs> all that to say, 
I think the the offensive identity of this team is very different than it used to be. And I think the types of players the Thunder are drafting, the types of players they're signing and bringing into the system is going to continue to look different. Um, it's not it's not Thunder 1.0 anymore. The mold has changed both in the types of players and the types of plays that they're running. Um, it's exciting. It's a fun brand of basketball. Um, there's not there's not extended periods of iso ball and hero ball and all that kind of stuff where, you know, every late game play, you know exactly what's going to happen. It's a different era. It will be fascinating to see as these guys turn into stars, hopefully. Does that stay the same? Is it still this kind of democratized version of basketball or do guys like Shea and knock on wood giddy um, as they kind of develop into stars? Does that change? And if so, how does it change as they grow? How this dare the... you forget about the already bona fide star Lou Dort? I didn't forget about Lou Dort. You um, just considered him a star already. And you're talking yeah, about oh, yeah, yeah, fair, he's already there. Fair, clearly. Fair. clearly. Um, no, I that'll I, be the I'm fun part you, to watch, though, yeah. is like rewinding the thunder 10 years and thinking back to what those young Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, James Harden teams looked like and how they grew and developed as their skills grew like that, compared that's to where this. we're at. That's that's what we're going to get to witness and take in as fans over the next X number of years. That's the fun part, you know, getting to kind of watch this team grow up and find their identity and who they are as they mature and reach their peak. That's going to be the really fun part. And I think Agreed. what's exciting is it, it's starting to feel like with Shay and Dort and Giddy <laughs> that we we're getting some of those foundational pieces in already and, and I'm also an opportunity to add more. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm just, I'm curious, you know, I mentioned the, the giddy Shea dynamic um, and, and watching that play out throughout the season as both continue to mature and develop um, throughout the season and get more comfortable playing with one another, but also that style of play that you're mentioning. Yep. And also just letting Shea go to work. Like yes. there's some value to just letting Shea, you know, let Shea ISO be Shea. and right. Yes. Just let Shay be <laughs> Shay. Right. Absolutely. And kicking out to a Dort or a Poku or, I mean, some pick and pop with Giddy. I mean, there's yes. so many, I think that the biggest thing and the most exciting thing about what you just mentioned, Justin, is there's so much more opportunity, so much more, um, that opens up this offense based off that style of play. I mean, I yep. mentioned that the Shay and Giddy pick and rolls, uh, more, more likely pick and pops, um, Poku bringing Poku in and doing that. Shoot, yes. even bringing Lou. Dort. Can you imagine Lou Dort coming up and sending a pick on you? I might like just like cradle into a fetal position and cry. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> or at least you would that next day once you felt it. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, very exciting stuff. Uh, an exciting preseason comes to a close for the Thunder regular season. Up next, Taylor. Anything to add before we wrap this bad boy up? I do only because a week. So we are recording this uh, Thursday evening, which is October 14th. 14th. Yes. Um, so a week from tomorrow, a week from the 15th, uh, October 22nd, we will be at Prairie Brew Pub in OKC yes. for a live watch party watching uh, the OKC Thunder, the young OKC Thunder team we keep talking about during the preseason uh, going against a very young and exciting Houston Rockets team. Uh, the rival rivalry stays alive. Um, really just based off of, you know, they're, they're kind of in similar um, 
positions, yes. I guess, as franchises. So we're really excited for that. Come out and join us. Um, we we have a good group coming out. We're really excited about Justin's made some awesome decals, stickers for us that we're going to be handing out. Free beer. Well, free beer, beer, free stickers, food, food specials, specials, big projector, uncontested <laughs> All the good boys. stuff. What more could you want? Don't miss All the that good next, stuff. next Friday. I mean, the only thing is we could have hoped for a Sooners home game that next Saturday. So that way you'd be up here in town. So and I'm going to make one of these eventually because this, you will. this has been my baby of doing watch parties at Prairie time. OKC. And I'm 0 for Each 2 time. on being able to make it. So <laughs> I will make one eventually, I promise. Uh, but you'll get you'll get Taylor and Jacob instead. <laughs> It'll be a blast. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. If you tuned into the live stream, dropped questions in the in the chat, participated on Twitter, thank you so much. If you're checking this out wherever you get your podcast, thank you so much. Make sure you are subscribed so you're always getting the latest episodes. We will be continuing to drop post-game pods after every Thunder game, as well as our weekly Sunday night episodes that stream live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube every Sunday night at 9 p.m. Central and drop immediately afterwards in podcast form. We're going to be with you all season long, and the season begins next week. So make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're following wherever you get your social media and get ready for a new season of Thunder Basketball with the uncontested. Until next time, Thunder up. Thunder up. <laughs>